everything that used to feel neutral, like watching TV or just like chatting and, and things like that, everything feels weightier because it everything feels tinted with kind of this bad news or this, um, yeah, just like escapism. And so I think I've, this time has really awakened in me of like, every single thing matters and not to put too much pressure on myself, but just that like, you've got to take feels like extra precaution. And maybe it was always there, but kind of the veil has been torn of like, your soul is so like fragile in, in this time of influence. And so like, if you are not proactive, if you are not like vigilant to protect the things that like nourish you, you will like there's no like neutral ground. Like you are going to be in despair. You are going to be frustrated, overwhelmed, anxious. And so I feel like this has definitely like put some urgency to these practices. Um, But I, I like to hope that I was sort of, the seeds were there for sure. That voice that you just heard was uh, a brief excerpt from a conversation I had with uh, a friend, Katie Ward, a member at our church. Um, Yeah. And as we've talked this week about how God created us for community, one of the great joys of my life is being able to um, pastor a church. And one of the uh, gifts, a good piece of collateral damage that comes from pastoring or all the interesting conversations that you get to be a part of. Um, After the first week that we canceled church, me and the rest of the pastors at the church just decided that it would be best to try to get on the phone with every single church member. And um, in that time, as we were trying to offer encouragement to people, we all stepped back. And I think, um, we were just hit with God's grace and all the encouragement that we got from so many diverse places. So uh, what I hope to do through these weeks is to let y'all into hear some of the voices that I've been uh, shaped by. Katie's also one of the big reasons why we've even started doing the daily uh, podcast. Just yeah, inspiration that comes up in the course of regular conversation that starts to change things. So yeah. Um, in our talk a few weeks ago, I was really encouraged, uh, just by how she was thinking about this season. And I asked her to share for a bit. So, um, you're going to hear her voice for the rest of the time as she talks about the life that we get to live right now. This season is not uh, preparation for life. This season is the life Uh, that we live. Y'all be blessed. Really one of the big questions that's been on my mind over the past few weeks is what kind of people we are being formed into during this time. It would be easy to believe that because of all our normal routines that have halted and maybe even our dreams and plans have just come to an abrupt stop that we're just kind of waiting to restart our quote unquote real lives. But even in this weird in-between, I don't believe our lives are actually on pause. I think we're still being formed. It's not a matter of if, but from what. 
Um, every day, our thoughts, our actions, what we consume, what happens to us, shapes us. And this is not just for the Christian, but for every person. And for those that are not followers of Jesus, and even for those that are, there are just so many things that are waiting to form our spirits, even when we think we're in a holding pattern. If we're not active in our pursuit of something better, something different, things like the news, fear, scarcity, physical exhaustion, or even a longing just for normalcy will begin to shape our perspective, our thoughts, and ultimately our behavior. And all of those things I just listed are completely valid, especially now, but just to use your imagination into what kind of person you would eventually become if any of those were the primary influences. But for the followers of Jesus, we have an alternate destination. Our destination is formation into the person of Jesus. And every day we have the opportunity to invite the Holy Spirit to the slow work of transforming us. And so if we know the final destination, what does that mean for now? What is Jesus's vision for our life right now? One of the most profound images that Jesus gives in the Gospels to me of what he envisions is what he calls the abundant life. This word abundance in the original language translates to things like overflowing or exceedingly more than needed or anticipated. Life that is full and rich, not just without lack, but a joyful and vibrant return to how we were designed to live with God. This kind of flies in the face of what we've been told to expect from this time, and I think for a lot of us, what we may even be experiencing. But I want to offer to all of us that life with Jesus is a life where abundance is always possible. I just want to look for a minute at what Jesus can teach us about this abundant, joyful life. There are so many tools that we can be we can use to be formed into Christ likeness, but today I just want to talk about what I think the foundation might be for what all of those stem from, and that is abiding in God. Um, in the 15th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for the coming days and give them final words of comfort and encouragement before he's killed. I'm going to read verses 5 through 11, which are kind of right in the middle of this larger speech. I'm the vine, you are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him produces much fruit because you can do nothing without me. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown aside like a branch and he withers. They gather them, throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. There's so many things here worthy of processing, but a few things that just struck me in my reading is Jesus's command to remain in his love. Other translations say abide or dwell or live. While Jesus was on earth, he was intimately connected to the Father. He knew he was loved by God and that he was with him. And through Jesus's sacrifice, we now have that same access to God and that same confidence of God's position towards us. To abide with Jesus, to live in his love, is to remember that he is here, that he cares for you, that he's good intentions towards you, and that he is near. And let's just look back at the last line of that passage. I have told you these things so that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. 
The byproduct of abiding with God is joy. That is our power. That is our strength. That is why the early church was described as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, perplexed, but not in despair, because they had both a future hope and a present assurance. Not just the early church, but in the Old Testament as well. David writes in Psalm 27, I am certain I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That means David was certain that while he was alive, there was goodness to be seen. The more connected we are to the vine of God, the more we go to that well as our source of life the better our vision for seeing his goodness and his presence all around us. So how do we abide? How can we remain in Jesus's love? How can we start to be marked by joy, especially in light of perhaps more limited time and especially limited capacity? It'll look different for all of us. And I'd like to propose just a few tools that I think are simple and can be flexible depending on what you're working with. The first one that came to mind was prayer and solitude, just finding a few minutes every day, if possible, to hear from God. Obviously, getting alone in a quiet place is ideal, but I know that's not always feasible. But maybe if you can, just spend a few minutes every day reflecting on God's character, his heart towards you and others, and listening to him. The Lord's Prayer is a great option if you're feeling stuck or unsure of where to begin with that. Another idea is scripture meditation. Books of the Bible like Psalms are a great place to look for this if you don't already have a regular scripture reading. But the thought here is to just take a small chunk of scripture that's kind of complete in and of itself and to just spend a few minutes reflecting on maybe a particular promise that you see, especially those that relate again to God's character or his posture towards us then kind of do your best to commit that phrase or verse or thought to memory and just let it roll around your mind throughout the day. When you feel yourself start to veer towards worry or unkindness or impatience, just kind of draw yourself back to this promise or quality of God. And then the last one is kind of fun and that you can do with your whole family or household. And that's just to delight in God's creation, especially if your time and energy is strapped. Use the moments that you do have together to just reflect and delight on what God has made. His beauty and carefulness and design is all around us and just waiting for our attention. This list is by no means comprehensive and it's probably even a little unconventional, but I would encourage you to be creative in this time to make space to abide in God's presence. And just a quick note to say this is not a joy that's in denial or unaware of suffering. It's not a grin and bear it. Jesus certainly felt every depth of sorrow there is to feel. So lament when you need to respond appropriately to suffering, but when you can, just remember that you are grafted into the vine of God that began thousands of years ago and has no end. You are connected to the source of life. And if I could zoom out just for a moment and remind you and myself that God's perspective spans the entire history of time and space, and he has dealt with the source of sadness and suffering forever. So while he is absolutely with us in our tragedy and grief and hardship, when it is all finally said and done, it will be all joy. And Jesus is not just coming back one day to make things right or even to make us right, though that would have been enough. He's still here working through the Holy Spirit, actively present in the lives of his people, God is here. God is working. Jesus wants to give you and me his joy. And the fuel for that joy is experiencing the presence of God in our everyday lives. So I pray that today and this week that we might see him where he is. And as the psalmist says, that his presence might be our good.